Blog Talk Radio. We assembled here today are issuing a new decree to be heard in every city, in every foreign capital, and in every hall of power. From this day forward, a new vision will govern our land. From this day forward, it's going to be only America first. America first. Every decision on trade, on taxes, on immigration, on foreign affairs will be made to benefit American workers and American families. We must protect our borders from the ravages of other countries making our products, stealing our companies, and destroying our jobs. Protection will lead to great prosperity and strength. I will fight for you with every breath in my body, and I will never, ever let you down. I am your voice. So to every parent, who dreams for their child, and every child who dreams for their future. I say these words to you tonight. I am with you, I will fight for you, and I will win for you. To all Americans tonight, in all of our cities, and in all of our towns, I make this promise. We will make America strong again. We will make America proud again. We will make America safe again. And we will make America great again. God bless you, and good night. I love you.
tuning in to the Rory Sodder Show. This is your host, Rory Sodder. It is a pleasure to be with all of you tonight. Happy hump day. Happy Wednesday, wherever you are. I hope it's going accordingly. I hope it's going well. I hope it's productive. I hope it's fun. I hope it's everything, all of the above. Um, We have had quite the week in the news. Um, I apologize to uh, my viewers and my fans. Uh, that we have not been on the air since Thursday. I had to attend a primary party last night in uh, the, the one of the Arizona elections, and I'll get into details about that later. But um, anyways, um, we're back. Uh, our last live show was Thursday. Um, we had great guests. I want to thank our spe- special guests from Thursday. Uh, we do have a huge show tonight, but uh, as always, I want to thank all the fans. I want to thank uh, my co-hosts. I want to thank my always my special guests. And uh, you know, we're now downloadable in 14 countries uh, on on the radio show on the podcast. Uh, we're available on Stitcher, Player.fm, um, iTunes, uh, Android, um, iHeartRadio. Uh, God, just to name a few. Uh, there's a ton of them, though, that you can find the Rory Sodder show on. and A lot of people are uh, getting it from different platforms. So I, I'm very impressed, and the show's moving way faster than anticipated, and I am uh, beyond grateful, so thank you. Um, tonight's show, though, we do have the founder and director of Defense Distri- Distributed, uh, 3D gun printing genius, cryptocurrency expert, political strategist, and New York Times bestselling author Cody Wilson will be calling in. He was just on InfoWars the other day talking with Alex Jones. Uh, right now we also have on the line, I believe, uh, oil and natural gas investor, radical Islam expert, foreign policy analysis, New York Times bestselling author, entrepreneur, and a contributor to the Daily Caller, Clash Daily, Lizette, Daily Search, and TheHill.com, Dan Perkins. And you can also find him at DanPerkins.Guru if you want to find any of his information and his books and all uh, all of his pieces and um, articles and stuff like that. Hey, Dan, how are you? Good evening. I'm fine. How are you? Good Good to have you on. And as always, my co-host, uh, Josh Halavate. Are you there, buddy? How's it going? How's it going, Rory? Good to have you on, as always, my friend. Um, Valerie Greenfeld, my darling, how are you? Are you there? Yeah, I'm here. Thanks, Rory. Absolutely. Glad to have you on. Glad everyone is on. Um, we will be I, – I, Dan, you know, we were we ran a little bit late today because of um, – I had some technical difficulties with the machine, uh, get everything, getting everything up and going. Um the I do want to announce though to everyone, uh, while this is relevant and while we're all here, uh, the new media site, the Next Gen USA that I've been talking about, it's done. It's ready to go. Um, I will be launching it any day now, um, and we will start doing all our broadcasts straight from that site. So uh, we won't be using Blog Talk Radio anymore, um, as far as our platform to record. Uh, we'll be doing all of our recording video and audio from the site. And, uh, you know, like like now, uh, the way it streams to many different networks and, and, and things like that, it will do the same with coming from the Next Gen USA site. And also, you know, what's great is I have a lot of people that are going to have their own TV shows, their own radio shows on the 
on our new uh, media empire. So we have a lot of good things to look forward to. So there's a lot of people that want to get involved. And, um, yeah, so I just thought I'd make that announcement to everybody um, just to, like, kind of get everybody on board because I know I've been talking about it for a while. Um, I've been building the technology, and, you know, there's a lot of extensive and fancy coding that goes along with it. And, uh, you know, I just, um, you know, had some setbacks of, uh, you know, with some bugs and some, you know, uh, fixes. But it's all it's all put together now. We're all ready to rock and roll. So um, exciting stuff. Um, you know, I, I do want to get into our main topic, though, which um, let's talk about John McCain. Let's talk about John McCain, Dan, shall we? Let's talk about sure. the traitor. Let's talk about the American disgrace. Let's talk about the guy that is a complete scumbag, is a complete – I mean, you could call him every name in the book for the way he sold us out, the way he did negotiations and deals with uh, known terrorists, uh, the way he um, is responsible for so many innocent lives being killed. I mean, you know, and the savings and loan scandal from Arizona from the 1980s. Go look it up, everybody. John McCain is a scumbag. He's been involved with a lot with corruption for his whole life. And you know what I find interesting, and I'm really going to talk about this. And the liberals called John McCain a Nazi and a terror, and, and all these evil names when he was running against Obama in 2008. But it's funny now how the liberals are all putting him as a hero and as this amazing figure, and he's like this inspiration, and how dare you, Trump, say anything about him. Ooh. I mean, it's just it's the hypocrisy and the contradicting of, uh, you know, of these liberals. It makes you want to punch him in the fucking face. Excuse my language, but uh, Dan, your thoughts. Well, I think the thing that, that I was uh, most upset with is the characterization. Uh, I want you to I want to put this in context for you. Are you going to go Hey Dan, are you going to use your famous words and I think Josh wants to know this too. Are you going to go a different <laughs> way on this? Are you going to go a different route on this? <laughs> Probably. Okay, go. It would be ahead. me go if ahead, I didn't, Dan. right? <laughs> no, I, no, that's why we I, love you. That's why we love you. But the, the the thing that really made me quite angry is the media within within a week of uh, the president giving the Congressional Medal of Honor to a true American hero. The media came out and said that John McCain was the last American hero. And oh, I was I was personally. I was personally offended that that that, that there are that's people very, that's who are a very serving... offensive statement. Considering we have so much life to live, and we have a lot more heroes up on the upcoming rising that are going to uh, make John McCain look like he never lived. But go ahead, keep going. Sorry. Uh, that's okay. I just I just felt that it was it was um, demeaning of uh, let's say other American heroes. And heroes today, whether they're in, whether they're first responders or, or whether they're soldiers in Afghanistan or Iraq or, or, or wherever they are, uh, that there are people who are heroes every day, and to say that John McCain, John, was the last American hero, uh, I was just offended by that, and I thought 
was very demeaning to a lot of people that I've met in our work yes. in our foundation in the veterans facilities all over the country. It's a highly ignorant statement. The fact, and you know, you know where those stupid, ignorant, delusional statements are coming from is the liberal media. I mean, these people. It, it, it's remarkable, and it, it's fucking. I'm not. I, I you know, it's. I'll self say the f word because it makes sense in the sentence. And this show is uncensored. Everybody knows that. If you want to swear in a sentence and it makes sense, then go for it. But the fucking liberal media is trying to put John McCain on this pedestal. But 10 years ago, they called him a Nazi and a villain, like I said earlier. And the only reason the liberal media is giving John McCain so much worship and all this credibility and attention is because he was so anti-Trump. Let's face the facts here. Let's face it. Well, the other, the other thing that, that uh, I knew personally, <clears throat> again, which also set me off, is that <clears> – <throat> Do you remember a couple of years ago where um, soldiers were <clears throat> active duty soldiers were killed at the recruiting station uh, and they, they were there because they were unarmed? Uh, they're not allowed to carry sidearms or weapons when they go into into that recruiting duty is trying to get people to join. And the reason why those, those I think it was Memphis, but I could be wrong. I I, I know that there were. <clears throat> Several of them shot. Oh, Carlos Bledsoe. Uh, that could. The Carlos Bledsoe, what he killed the guy at the recruiting station. Um, what was his name? But he killed. He murdered one guy, right? Right, right. That's but, yeah, but yeah. The, um, but the but the thing that a lot of people don't know, probably the vast majority of Americans, Americans don't know, is that <clears throat> about three weeks before that soldier was shot John McCain was the the vote that stopped legislation in the Congress to allowing our military people when they were on active duty recruiting in recruiting stations to carry a sidearm so John McCain was personally responsible for stopping that legislation and that young man was killed because he had no way to defend himself John McCain did, and mm. so how do you call somebody um. a hero who specifically, by his action, caused American yeah. soldiers to die? Yeah. Not in a foreign nation. I, I, in in their own so I have to disagree. I have to disagree what? there because in go that ahead, particular Just, instance, go ahead, go ahead. In that particular instance, the guy who shot him was radicalized. And he he was he just he wanted to get anybody he could in uh, in the U.S. military, and I I don't think even if he had had a gun, he would have been able to defend himself. I just don't. I, he was he was a sitting duck. I'm just speaking about uh, that only case, but I don't know. I understand. You know, other cases, but I'm familiar with that particular one because they tried to because it was a terrorist attack. Right. And, and, and my point is that the Congress was working to try and help American soldiers who were coming back to the United States on recruiting duty to have the ability to defend themselves in, right. a, in a hostile situation. And I agree situation. with you on that. I 100% agree on the, on the point that they should be able to defend themselves. No question. I'm right. just speaking specifically of that one case. 
Right, and 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 so what? What? What I when I saw that, or I heard that, and I went back and did the research and find out it was true, you know. And then a few weeks later, a, a guy gets shot at a recruiting station. Um, you know, I I can't answer the question. Nobody can answer the question. If he had a gun, could he have saved his life? I don't know. But the point is that John McCain, quote the hero, was the person solely responsible for killing legislation that allowed the military when they came in to recruit people uh, to keep them from being, uh, to give them the ability to, to protect themselves and defend themselves. And he was responsible for that. So when, when they're saying because he died, he was, he was a great, he was the last hero. I was personally offended not only for myself, I'm not a hero by any means, but a lot of the heroes that I have, been with over the last four years in songs and stories for soldiers in military bases all over the country in hospitals and homeless shelters and everything else. I just felt that that was, that was a slight to men and women hey, who are. Dan, I do have to welcome our next special guest real quick. Um, I, I do want to welcome our next special guest, founder and director of Defense Distributed 3D Gun Printing Genius. Cryptocurrency expert, political strategist, New York Times bestselling author, Cody Wilson. What's up, buddy? What up? What up? I'm happy to be here. Oh, God. You were on Alex Jones the other day, and I absolutely loved your interview. Um, you know, I don't know, if you, I don't know if you know my friend, but I, I have a really good friend named Tim Pachoke, P-I-C-C-O-I-T. And uh, he's heavily involved in the crypto world, and uh, I think he he might know you, and he, he's met you a few times. Um, but uh, he really likes you. He's a big fan of yours, and I know he's listening. Um, hey, Tim. But, uh, God, we have a lot <laughs> to talk about, man. We have a lot to go over. Um, yeah. I I, I want to start with – let's talk about your Alex Jones interview the other day, to, just, just to get things going. Let's talk about that real quick. All right, yeah, I mean, I told Jones what I told press uh, maybe like an hour before, which is that despite a, despite a judge's order in Washington, Washington State, barring me from sharing my plans on the Internet, that I would just sell them on my website if I couldn't give them away for free. And somehow no one was prepared for that news. Wow. No yeah. shit. Yeah, look. They spend all this effort trying to stop me, right? But, I mean, here's the thing, dude. Like, you know, they never read the AACA and the ITAR, these laws at issue, in their lives. They don't know a thing about it. Of course, I've had to live under these laws for many years. So when they tell me you can't share it on the Internet, yeah, that's the same as telling me that I can share it every other way that I want. <laughs> yeah, and, God, get more into detail with this. Does this have to go – because you're a very fascinating figure at this point, at this moment in time, and you're really relevant and strongly trending in the news. Does this have anything to do with censoring? Did they censor you in the wrong way on the social media? Oh, yeah. Look, you got to read this. Oh, of course, Facebook won't let you share the links to my website. All right, you want to put in a link to my website, just like send it on Messenger to your friend? Can't do it. Okay? Facebook says, we're sorry. Okay. Write something else. <laughs> What a uh, fuck. I mean, this is this is a crapshoot. I mean, what what are we dealing with here? I mean, so so n- now let me ask you this, and and I have my co-host and my my, my guest 
have a lot of questions for you. You're a very popular guy right now. You're doing good things, and God bless your patriotism, and, and God bless your dedication to this country and all that you're doing and uh, standing up for the uh, pro-Trump agenda. Um, but w- what I really want to say to you real quick is how are you, you know, going around this? I mean, what other platforms – what warnings have you sent in terms of you being censored? Um, I mean, what's it like? What's the fan base decrease like? I mean, what can you explain that? Well, I think there's things called like, for example, this is a well-documented phenomenon on the internet. When authority or even private platforms say, okay, this is the type of information that we're not going to let you share and you need to stop it naturally and automatically makes that information more available, more popular, more demanded. And so when all these states ran to court to try to stop me again, by the way, this is not the first time I've been trying to stop, you know, from sharing this information. When these states ran to court and this judge considered, hmm, am I going to ban this stuff from the Internet? It made it worldwide popular stuff that guaranteed that it would always be online. And that's the response that I see. People become zealots to share it. Activists to share people who didn't even care about the fact that like oh you could have a plan for 1911 who cares it's blueprint for a gun it's 100 years old yeah now now explain the controversy because it, regarding your th- you're a 3D gun printing genius you know all about it and now you have all these left wing lunatics all over you basically trying to boycott you trying to get to you any way they can tell us about that bullshit by the way this show is uncensored so if you need to swear in a sentence it makes sense feel free uh this is uh you know uncensored radio but go ahead cool well i mean what exactly would you like me to give you insight about that i'm just you know i'm upset because the 3d pr- the, the gun printing company you know the way you're you're the 3d gun printing expert you're very well known with the industry and now the liberals want to make this a gun control issue and now i know i've been reading reports that you've been getting kind of some you know uh shit for it because you're sticking up for the you know 3d printing uh gun industry and these people are trying to tell you to basically you know these liberals are out of their minds well, yeah, you looked right, but there, it's smart politics to make it a gun control issue. That's the only chance they've got of stopping it, to say that, oh, no, you're unsafe. You know, you're going to die if you, if you somehow let this guy get away with this. It's not working because, of course, the news cycle changes so quickly. And I don't know. Like, uh, I'm not – look, I'm so used to being, I don't know, resisted in what I do legally. In the end, I'm going to win this because, of course, I have the federal government on my side this time. The, the, the fight is yeah. not the same that it was five years ago. So I'm actually right. so optimistic about winning it that I, I think it's right. a great opportunity to show how hyperbolic the gun controllers are. They would do anything. Yeah. They would kill your First Amendment. Yeah. They would kill your due process. Anything to stop you from getting yeah. access to the files to make a gun. Yeah, and let's let's face it here. Let's face the facts, Cody. 3D gun printing has been around for a while. I mean, this has never been an issue uh, until the Democrats wanted to put it on their agenda and make a big chaos and dramatic scene out of it. I mean, it's pretty ridiculous. Um, I do have, uh, you know, a few things that are very uh, pivotal that I need to ask you, uh, big stuff. Um, Mm. But, Josh, go ahead. I know you have thoughts. 
Yeah, you know, first off, just to say, and I, I don't mean to, um, you know, embarrass you in any way, but I think that you are legitimately a hero of my generation. And um, when I when I saw the stories, I was like, this this is like this is the real deal. Like this guy has, you know, my best interests. Like you were the last person I'd seen in a while that I was like, this guy's a legitimate hero that I'm like I'm reading a story about that's alive. Um, so thank you for what you're doing first off. Um, and then I, a question I have is first off, I guess, how long did it take for, from the time that you had finished, um, I guess the first, um, prototypes of the gun, um, to then the point where people found out about it that didn't like it, that started to attack you for it. How long of a process has this all been? You know, that, it's uh, with the, the first big fight was with the U.S. State Department, and that came very quickly. We finished the prototypes for this completely 3D printed gun in May of 2013, and we published the plans really like only a few days after we we tested the first working prototype. So, and then after that, we were only, we were attacked about two days later. So, I'm talking about within the same month, like uh, within the same week even of the news getting out. The Obama State Department pounced on it, and so began a five-year legal battle, which was concluded in, in July of this year. And as soon as that battle was concluded, now, of course, I'm fast-forwarding through a lot of things. I built my company. I built all kinds of technology since the printed gun. But just on the question of the printed gun, as soon as we finally resolved that legal battle, immediately 20 of the United States ran to federal court to try to do anything to stop it, to interrupt it, to get a say. And they finally found a judge in Washington State, and he issued an order Monday of this week saying, no, you cannot put it back yeah. online. But, but, of course, I had a, I had a plan, and uh, it was that. Fine, if I can't post it, I'll just let you buy it. Go ahead. And, you, and you, know, yes, I, I, you, you said something really – yeah, you said something really interesting there that I really liked was that you talked about in the five-year process that you were doing other stuff. Talk a little bit about that. And I think, and I think there's something interesting in that is that a lot of people quit when they hit any amount of resistance. But you went and worked on other things and just built the product up better so that when you finally did resolve the situation, you were ready to go. That's right. Well, thank you for the, your kind words there. Um, we built a company, a manufacturing company called Ghost Gunner. We knew that if we were going to prosecute a kind of multi-stage federal lawsuit like this, one, no one would give us the money to do it. We'd have to pay for ourselves. And two, it would take years. You don't just go uh, sue the State Department and win, you know, next week. It's going to take a, it's going to be an uphill battle that will involve appellate courts, and the government will challenge you even if you start winning on its own powers. Uh, so we were right in our instincts. And the way that we continue to fund this uh, is by building a company called Ghost Gunner, and we, we developed a piece of technology that was a CNC mill. Of course, we still sell it. It's called the Ghost Gunner CNC. You can go to ghostgunner.net and check it out. And it helps you make AR-15s and 1911s and finish them from 80% receivers. So we were able to develop additional technology to help you make guns from another domain of, of science and technology that serves the purpose of our organization to help bail us out from a different piece of technology that we built before. I thought that was very... I don't know. It was valiant to be able to continue our mission uh, in trying to rescue something that we had done years before. Yeah. Wow. Wow. That's, that's and look, the really mission impressive. the mission continued. Like we won, right? 
we did win. Like, and nothing can take that yeah. victory away. The state, the yeah. State Department settled with us. Now, these state governments currently have found a judge who can pretend to interrupt that. But eventually, that will be fixed in federal court or even the state. Uh, I mean, I'm sorry, the Supreme Court, because at the end of the day, I'm no longer the sole defendant. The federal government itself is being sued. And so in the meantime, right, like I've announced just yesterday, I'm selling these files now, and I'm inviting other people to come to my website and sell their own. And we'll create a marketplace for these things, and we'll make lots of money, and we'll be able to, again, fund lawsuits and win these, these contests. I think the beauty well, about what you're doing here is um, it's really more about rights and about the, um, you know, the First Amendment and what we should be allowed to do in our country. I mean, yes, it's about guns, but really it's more about our rights. And I think you're you're standing up for you know something that's more important. It's a bigger picture than maybe some people even understand. Um, you know the way that you've handled this has just been incredibly brilliant. And um, you know I wish people that's could kind. see it from a different perspective. Well, people, I get it, man. Like people don't like change. I've been watching people for years worry about this stuff, and frankly, I understand it. I, I, I even credit some people with their feelings as being sincere. And, <laughs> and, and, and didn't, you re- didn't you recently didn't you recently make a documentary called New Radicals, kind of explaining some of the uh, chaos and, and, and craziness going on that you were dealing with? Sure, that was a document of some of the many years of us suing the State Department and one of my friends, Amir, who was uh, one of the early Bitcoin developers. Uh, it shows just, yeah, I think it's a, it's a good documentary to show like what it is, you know, to go day to day suing these people for years and years of your life. What's funny is, yeah, we ended up coming out of that, you know, we won and there's no such thing as permanent victory though, right? Nothing, nothing abides. There's always a challenge no. after the challenge and you, yeah, you, if you can turn that ahead. into a lifestyle, you know, if you can turn that into something, a way of life, um, you can always create new things and you're always, I don't know, inspired to continue developing. Now, now explain to me this, and I know, I know, I know my, you know, my audience has questions for you, but please explain to me, uh, you know, and this is the double P, like we're, we're talking two letters, PP uh, Gate dossier. You came out with the the double P. You know what I'm talking about? Uh, there, there was some news behind that. Do you remember that? Damn, uh, you're gonna have to refresh my memory here. I'm not sure I know what you're talking about. Uh, maybe I'm maybe I'm getting something confused. Maybe I'm getting something. Maybe I'm thinking of something no, different. No, hold on. But it Repeat was, it. Maybe maybe I didn't hear you correctly. What, what what are you trying to tell me about? It was two. It was two letters. It was PP and then it was dossier. There's like this thing that you came out with. This famous dossier that kind of uh, spreaded light on Americans and kind of shined the light. Kind of there's kind of gave some information. I don't I don't know if it's maybe I'm misreading what the dossier was, but there was some sort of gate dossier. Are you familiar familiar with what I'm talking about? When was this released? I I'm not sure. I mean, I I've just been reading about you within the last couple of years, but some sort of dossier that you kind of spread awareness to like people of what what's going on. There was just like some stuff that um uh, you know, I, I, this I, is something, I don't know. This is something that I did. Can I, can I, in, can I interrupt for a second? Yeah. Tim, are you there? Yeah. Hey, it's an uh, honor to be yeah, talking Tim, to you, Cody. Is, but... is, yeah, Tim, tell, tell him about it, Tim. You know what I'm talking about. Anyways, no, I, 
before you came on, Rory was talking about John McCain, and I mentioned I texted him that he released the PP gate, but he didn't look at that message until now, and so he thought he was talking about you. I'm over here just, like, <laughs> blushing because I'm like, oh, my God, you're not asking him that right now. That was, like, half an hour before he came on. So. But uh, anyway, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm, uh, I've, I've been following you for a while. I, uh, I'm friends with Ernest Hancock, so I've been hearing your appearances on his show for a while. Oh, great, and, yeah. uh, I love that, man. And actually, and actually I, I'm the guy who, uh, last time you were in town, it was actually the day, uh, the day you were mentioned in uh, the Wall Street Journal for, uh, for your book, and Basically, nobody sure. wanted anything to do with you. And I had left a wedding, a wedding early to uh, meet up with you uh, at Ernie's. Uh, last time. <laughs> I remember like that party. Ago. We had that party in like, his backyard in the Wall Street Journal uh, review. It was in the paper or something, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I came like, like pretty much like towards like the very, very end of that. And uh, look, you guys oh, already had a pretty man. good time by then. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good times, man. Uh, you know, we've only uh, only caused more trouble since then. <laughs> so... Uh, and I, that was a fateful week. I, I believe that week was the same, like that day or the next day was when Comey ruined Hillary Clinton's run for the presidency <laughs> with, the, uh, with the famous, like, yeah, she's under investigation stuff. Um, yeah, no, that yeah, was time, no, that was a yeah, no, that was a crazy week. And uh, at the time, I was you know full gun. I, I mean, I'm you know libertarian voluntarist, but I, you know I sort of saw. Your Second Amendment, Tim. What's up? You're pro-Second Amendment, even though you're libertarian. Well, I'm see. I'm trying to tell them like what libertarian. Really yeah, it's obviously. I mean, I'm you know, it's guns and weed. I mean, everything should be. I mean, I watched the new Radicals sure. documentary. I mean, I'm Amen. right now uh, like, weed. starting a crypto. I mean, I'm starting a crypto a crypto-based company as well. So I mean, I'm you know pretty hip to this uh, to this whole movement. But I think one thing that really kind of came. Uh, came to light big time. I mean, I already knew this, you know, being a listener of Ernie's, but, you know, you see that the NRA and these other major gun groups did absolutely nothing to come to your aid. And as a matter of fact, uh, you know, basically, you know, tried to help, you know, silence you and, you know, steer Trump towards, uh, you know, not letting this. And and I just think it's, you know, have, have any like major gun groups actually advocated for what you're doing? Uh, No. <laughs> But you're, but, com- you're uh, competition not- to them. I mean, you, you're giving people the opportunity to, to buy, bypass these companies. So why would they be helpful? I mean, do you but we're talking about the NRA. We're talking about the NRA, though, which is supposedly pro-Second Amendment and trying to shut down what Cody's doing. Yeah, no, I, I hear I that. To, the companies themselves. I don't want to put daylight between me and the NRA on this. I, they're not opposing me in the way that you might guess, they're certainly not running to my aid. This is true, but at the same time, like, you know, they, their fingerprints can't be seen to be on this. They're, they're like a public lobby. They're a pressure group. They're not necessarily for the manufacture of plastic guns. They don't want to be accused of that. And I understand that they're a very conservative organization. So to some degree, this is a fight that I chose to take on. And it's a fight that I should try to afford since it's mine. It's, it's not the NRA's problem. But I would hope that if we were to get really, really sideways here, I mean, I'm being sued by a lot of states. I would hope that the NRA would take an interest. And, and I think you're right. There, there's, a, there's doubt here that they would. Now, what are you getting sued for? And what about even, like, the state exactly? of Texas? Like, give, me, give us some specifications of what are you getting sued for exactly. Well, here's the problem. You know, you can sue somebody for anything. That doesn't mean no, that I know that. Little, but what, what exactly are you, you know, getting sued for? What are they trying to get you for? Well, they're selling a printer. Like they don't really. 
these aren't good claims, you guys. Like the 19 states in the District of Columbia came into into Washington and said that uh, they had standing to second guess a decision of the State Department, like namely its settlement with me. And of course, they they don't. States don't even have a standing. Judges can't review these kinds of decisions. But look, it'll take two years at, at minimum for that to get sorted out. That's just the way the the process works. So in the meantime, you spend all that money anyway, even though they don't even have the power to bring the claim. A state like Pennsylvania came into federal court and tried to make some type of gun control act claim, like, hey, under the gun control act, you violated the. Well, the state of Pennsylvania has no fucking standing to make a claim under this federal law. I, again, I can't describe this to you in satisfactory terms because it's it's not possible. Uh, the state of New Jersey tried to sue me. They said, well, under our laws, under our common law nuisance laws, uh, you can't host a website in Texas where anyone can oh download gun God. files. So petty. Do you understand? Oh, it's more than petty. Yeah, it's, it's so It's breathtaking petty. in its scope. And I mean, look, it, they won't win, like, but yeah. go ahead. I just said they won't let you live your life, and you're right. They won't win. This is stupid what they're suing you for. Right. They're grasping. They're, they're doing anything they can. But the important thing is that it's lawfare to begin with. It doesn't matter that they're not credible claims. It's that they're making a ton of claims in every venue that they can they can get me in and that they'll make me spend all of my money to defend myself. That's uh, that's effectively a good way to fight me. Mm-hmm. Is David Hogg behind any of this? <laughs> David Hogg. been going on way longer than David, David Hogg. Hogg. Is, is, yeah, yeah, is he like 16 years old or something? Like, <laughs> uh, yeah, this is big stuff. This is this is some of the big the biggest stuff there is. This is how the, no, the presidency conducts its foreign affairs power. It's right. a big, big question of federal law. What's funny is like these states aren't quite up to it. You know, this is even a bigger show than than they're used to. Yeah, and you know you're dealing with a situation. I want you know I want Dan Perkins to respond. Uh, Dan, uh, I know you're there, and I want yeah. you. You know you write for all the big media outlets. I know you have a lot of thoughts on this. Go ahead, Dan. I'm curious about um, about the court case, the 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 judge that they found in, in the state of Washington. Um, mm. I I haven't seen the uh, the judge's order, but but I'm curious from your standpoint. So, what if you you have this this judge who gave his opinion, and you said, "Screw you! I'm going to do it anyway." What were what were the penalties? Uh, well, uh, the federal government would have to we, would have to prosecute. We also have a lawyer on the line as well. We want to get his input in a second as well. But go ahead, mm-hmm. Cody. Mm-hmm. Well, sure, guys. I mean, I don't think it's a surprise. I have I have plenty of lawyers. I know the answer to this question. But uh, basically, like the federal government would have to choose to prosecute me under the Arms Export Control Act, because this judge has basically decided that no, I've I've currently enjoined this settlement that you've made with the State Department. So I'm I'm maintaining the the status quo, in his words, which is basically a regime of, of control this information under the, the Arms Export Control Act as administered by the State Department. So this is a matter of federal law. It would have to be enforced by DOJ. We couldn't get DOJ to agree to a non-prosecution agreement. So if I was to post the files again, I would be held at the very least in contempt of court and then most likely prosecuted by the, the Department of Justice for violating the ITAR. But let me find out what I did do. I did post them anyway. The judge 
doesn't understand the ITAR. He doesn't understand the Internet. So when he, he issued his opinion, he said, well, you can't post it online, but you can email them, you can mail them, you can secure transfer them. I find there to be no meaningful difference between you going to my website, clicking a button, and getting them emailed to you versus you clicking a button and having them downloaded in your browser. So, again, all this effort, all this, all this waste of time and money, and I still have a website where you can go to right now, defcad.com, and get any of the files that you want. And, and Cody, you know, there's a, there's a, a new article out today uh, saying the judge blocked you from giving away any 3D-printed gun blueprints. Um, how are you going against that, and how are you overcoming that, you know, without running into trouble? I mean, what, what are your, you know, uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. go ahead. You gotta hear. You gotta hear what I'm telling you, which is that the judge blocked me essentially from giving them away. Yeah. He didn't block me from mailing tell. them and selling them, emailing them, and of course that's what I did. Um, I did it the very next day. I held a press conference on it yesterday, and I don't know. I made like sixty grand or something in, in file sales and stuff. It says a lot. You you sold thousands. Is that true? Of course. Of course. Yeah. Wow. It's national nice. news, right? It's like you, you, you learn on a Monday that, oh, you can't do it. And 20 attorneys general around the country go, oh, we stopped it. We saved America. So I let them have their little day. And then the next day I said, okay, well, I'm only following the judge's order, you guys. And now they're for sale. And, of course, they don't have shit to say because they don't even have, they're not right. even – they don't have no business being in the courtroom in the first place. They don't even know the fucking law that they're suing me right. on. So, of course, they're going to get surprised like this. They, didn't, they don't even know how they got here. Like, they couldn't even explain to you how it is that I did what I did. And so when the press finally right. pitches up with them yesterday, they, they go, well, uh, well, at least it's illegal to download it. There's no fucking difference, okay? <laughs> all that really happened in that courtroom, all that happened in that courtroom was a kneecapping and a subversion of the First Amendment. A judge said, well, fuck the First Amendment. You don't have the right to post this stuff because there's a public safety concern. Okay, great. Uh, I, you're going to get the files anyway. All you really lost was the First Amendment. Right. Right, absolutely. Hey, Dave, David Chistokis, I want to welcome uh, on the show. Uh, uh, for, former prosecutor, criminal defense attorney. Um, I do, I, New York Times bestselling author. Uh, David Chistokis, I do want you to speak on this. Go ahead. I know you have thoughts. Well, it's <clears throat> nice to be with you, Rory. I would uh, I have to say that uh, Cody's given you a, a pretty, uh, like as he says, he's got a lot of lawyers, and it sounds like he's listened to them uh, a great deal. Uh, the only uh, danger, apparently, is whether or not some goofball judge decides to hold them in contempt. Uh, I think uh, <clears throat> he mentioned something about the Justice Department uh, uh, perhaps deciding to prosecute uh in that situation, however, of course, the uh, judges themselves have uh, an inherent power to uh, to uh, jail somebody for contempt until such time as the contempt is purged or uh, or they're overturned by an appellate court. So um, that's uh, running the uh, risk of a of some goofball judge. But it sounds like uh, you know, he's obviously been well well briefed on the. Uh, on the issue, and it is a First Amendment issue. There's no question. There's no question about that. It's a free speech yeah. issue. And, uh, and, and David, no, I, let, I, let me, David, let me ask you this: you, you're a former prosecutor. You're a defense attorney. You've been in the courtroom for many, many years. 
what what is your whole thoughts on this? Don't you agree that it's petty that they've gone after Cody so bad? Oh, clearly, no, no. I couldn't I couldn't say anything much more. I couldn't you know much more add to what he did or what he, what he's had to say, with the single exception in terms of what the uh, potential potential risks. Uh, you know, he, he does have risk. Uh, some uh, some judge going off the wall and uh, and locking him up for uh, for a contempt charge. Yeah, that doesn't require a prosecutor originally uh, for a uh, a direct um, violation of a of a court order if a, if a judge decided to do that. But we're going to presume that over uh, in a relatively short order that judge would probably be overturned by an appellate court and he'd be free. But he does he is at risk uh, pursuing his uh, strategy in that way. Of uh, being locked up by some goofy judge. Uh, I do want to get. I do yeah. want to get back to Cody. I do want to get back to Cody. But I do have one more question for you. As a former prosecutor, if you saw this case, what w- what would you do? Would you throw it out because you would be like, "This is nothing I can work with." How would you re- respond? Well, I don't know. Clearly, I would never charge it. And, uh... As a, I certainly wouldn't charge it as a crime. And as uh, as I've picked up the conversation, he's nobody's ever uh, ever charged him with a crime. They've all all sought injunctive relief under uh, some really goofy theories. That uh, injunctive relief for trying to uh, set him, trying to order him not to do things, uh, and set him up for uh, a contempt uh, contempt violation, which in the first instance the courts have an inherent power to punish that by themselves in the first instance, which doesn't require a prosecutor uh, for a, a direct uh, direct contempt of the court. And so a judge, uh, a judge theoretically uh, could lock him up, but I would also uh, suspect that such a judge would be overturned. He's, his attitude about the, the, uh, the states that are uh, doing these things clearly is correct, that the states don't know what they're doing. But uh, in terms of a prosecuting him for a crime he's committed no crime there's there there's nothing that uh you know the only um and apparently at the outset of this uh, matter appropriately uh negotiated his way out of uh, any kind of uh, potential liability with the arms control act and uh, yep. overcoming the uh, overcoming that potential liability there's no uh, there's no criminal there's no criminal act to uh prosecute and i don't I don't know. You can correct me if I'm wrong, Cody. Nobody's ever even threatened you with any kind of criminal prosecution in this. It's all been civil actions, correct? Yeah, this is correct. Can yeah. I, Cody? Mario, let's, I have a quick let's, let's, Co- yeah, go, Valerie. I want you to speak, but I want to say to Cody real quick. Cody, let's okay. face it. The only reason they're going after you, Cody, they it's publicity. They want to try and push the gun control narrative. They want to try and, you know, whatever way possible, the left. I mean, it's a dirty thing. I mean, do you agree? Oh, yeah, yeah. They all want to be the first to get my scalp, you know, claim some kind of public safety victory. Look at what I did. We stood up for your rights. They're all tweeting about it like crazy. Of course, they don't have much to tweet about right now. but (laughs) Yeah, I wanted to ask you, Cody, um, you know, with all this publicity – I'm sure that more people are finding out about what you're doing and wanting to buy stuff from you. So I'm wondering, when it all shakes out, is, are your legal bills higher than the sales that you're making? Or I mean, I'm hoping that you're making money in the end, at the end of the day. Well, I think that's uh, – God, that's my hope too. But 
it was pretty expensive there. I mean, I was running the different, I was running to so many different courts. I mean, I, there was one week I spent like a hundred grand. I mean, it was, it was a lot, but, uh, Look, I'd say in the end, sure, I'm, I'm not going to say we're making money, but I, I do think it'll all kind of cost out, and that's good enough. I mean, that's winning as far as I'm concerned. And a lot of these actions are slowing down now. Once this PI issued, right, that all slows down. The governmental appeal to the ninth, that'll take time, years probably. Uh, this matter in Pennsylvania where I got sued, that got frozen until the uh, the outcome of that case in Washington. I, I removed the matter to, to in New Jersey to federal court. Like, it's all slowing down now. So I, I think I can get a handle on it, even if I don't get the support of, like, the NRA and stuff like you guys are saying. And this is my experience. I, I've learned how to manage long-term federal actions, and uh, it's okay. It's something that I feel like even if I don't have no support anymore, uh, I can probably manage. Yeah, I mean, wow. I, you know, Cody, you're uh, – you're uh, I'll tell you, you're, you're a brave patriot, and, and uh, I'm very impressed. Uh, Josh, go ahead. Yeah, you know, I guess something that I was curious about is do you think that there is any way that they're able to twist this? You know, like uh, uh, as Stokes was talking about whether or not they could, you know, with these crazy judges, is there a way that they could possibly try to um, make this something criminal in any way? I'm, I'm not even sure if there's a law that they could twist to make that, but is there a potential case there? Uh, I'm sure. I'm sure that if they're mad enough, they can they can do whatever they want. But Davey, I, what do you I worry think? about. You're on the line. Like, You're an attorney. Can they make a case out of it? I think that's pretty clear from my first statement. There's there's nothing criminal going on, uh, but he still runs the risk. Of, what a judge can do is if a judge issues an order that he stopped doing that in whatever jurisdiction the judge has authority to do, has authority to issue right. the order to cover, the judge could potentially throw him into, into jail till the uh, contempt, what they call the contempt is purged, and that is he complies with the order or uh, the judge's order is overturned by an appellate court. Uh, that's, that's, the, that's the risk. Uh, but the, but that, those, are, those are civil matters they're not criminal matters he's not violating right. any criminal law right and so right. Uh, there is no criminal law to charge him under you know he's yeah. not he's not actually selling the the weapons or anything like that the uh the plans are uh, are matters of free speech as 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 has been found in the in certain uh, in in some of the courts at least and so uh, there's, there's there's just no there's no criminal there's no criminal activity there uh, there's no law to be uh, law to be violated, and uh, apparently, prophylactically, before all this happened, uh, the only there was some risk, apparently, or at least uh, some theory of criminality with the uh, with the Arms Control Act, and that was uh, that was addressed before uh, any any charges. Now you said something about you; they would not give you a non-prosecution agreement, Corey or Cody. Yeah, that's right. The, the DOJ couldn't agree to that, but I think that's pretty standard. Yeah, that's uh, that's a pretty pretty rare instance, uh, you know, and that's that, that's the equivalent of an immunity agreement. And that's when somebody gives them something, you know, and uh, you're not uh, you're not giving any giving them anything, and you already had an agreement with the State Department. If I'm not, if I followed this correctly, that's correct. 
That's right. Yeah, we have a, a signed agreement uh, with DOJ and the state. So it's it's been enjoined, of course, but, you know, it would be perverse for them to somehow immediately go against that. Well, I'm just going to the agreement, uh, the agreement to that extent has been enjoined, but that it, that doesn't undo the agreement as to uh, any kind of prosecu- possible prosecution for the uh, um, Arms Control Act violations. They can't. They, your agreement with them still stands, and so if uh, once again, if you are, uh, and I don't, I don't know that they've agreed. They, they've tried to enjoin the agreement, but rather your uh, execution of things that uh, they gave you permission to do under the agreement. I would think that that's more likely what the, uh, what the court did. They enjoined you, not the, not the agreement per se. Uh, I don't think they would even uh, the goofiest court wouldn't have the authority to do that, but they could uh, enjoin you from uh, doing um, activities that the agreement permits you to do. And so you'd you'd uh, be surprised. This is a pretty, uh, this is a pretty goofy court. And uh, they did, in fact, enjoin the agreement and the uh, and the State Department from uh, from basically performing under that agreement. That's uh, that's uh, really almost obscene. That, yeah, that just, yeah, it's, it's uh, very rare. Uh, yeah, uh, we've got, uh, but there's a lot, a lot of goofy judges out there that think they can make law, you know, and that's one of the. One of the great things that's been going on in the last uh, 17 months is uh, is the change change in the nature of the courts. Uh, but you know how can how can they enjoin uh, an agreement? You know that's just that's just insane. They can enjoin they can enjoin particular parties from conducting particular activities, but they, under there there is no theory for them to like void the agreement. The, you know they don't have the authority to like void the agreement. That's just insane. Uh, it's Trump law, right? It's this new it's this new field of Trump law where now if Donald Trump is involved, the uh, federal government, you know, is state. I'm sorry, the uh, the federal judiciary thinks that they can. Uh, I don't know, supersede. Yes. Hey, yes, Dan. They, Dan they I know you want to speak on the Dan. Oh, oh, David, you're still going. Go ahead. No, uh, no, uh, just uh, outside of the fact that finally when any of this gets to the Supreme Court, the Supreme Court basically, uh, like the travel ban more, most recently, just says that uh, the lower courts, you know, abuse their discretion. And uh, unfortunately, it just takes forever to get to the Supremes to give them the opportunity to slap these people around. Yeah, yeah, that's my right. opinion Absolutely. as well. Absolutely. Dan, I know you have a couple of questions. Yeah, I'm just curious, uh, just on the last segment, uh, if, if, the, if the federal government is on your side, um, you have to convince them that you have you, – you don't have to convince them that you haven't broken the law. As the lawyer said, you didn't break any law. Uh, why, why does the government want to work with you to go to the Supreme Court? Why do they want to do that? Uh, they don't. I, at the end of the day, this isn't about them somehow like being in love with me. This is about the the state governments getting a federal judge to say, no, actually, uh, we have a claim. We have standing in second-guessing the foreign affairs function of the executive, right? Like, is, is are we going right. to set a precedent here where, where Pennsylvania gets to have a vote every time that we make a, a, a trade deal with 
Mexico or something. No, it's not going to work that way. And of course, the federal government has to defend its own interests, its supremacy, and these matters of decision making. So it's not because of their great love for me. It's just because you can't create, you can't allow some kind of precedent like this, some second guessing of the, the which are not judicially reviewable. But but we had a we had a case in the case of the president's travel ban, where a federal judge. Um, decided that he knew better about foreign policy and that he was going to over or suspend Mr. Trump's constitutional right to limit travel uh, by in certain countries as a matter of national security. And it went to the Supreme Court, and the Supreme Court upheld the president's position. Uh, and But if, if there is no law that supposedly has been broken on a federal basis, I guess I'm still struggling a little bit with with the idea that the 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 state courts the states can go to the federal court and get somebody to decide to 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 uh opine on your ability to merchandise your your property when the the federal uh, supreme court already Opine that uh, the 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 lower courts can't interfere with uh, with with what's going on. So I, I'm just fascinated oh, by the idea that the the federals don't have a dog in the hunt, but they you're forcing them to have a dog in the hunt. Well, it's true. I, we are forcing them to, but of course, they, look, they've got to maintain their interests here. They're the primary defendants in the action, and the the precedent, like I said, would be something to the same effect as this in the, the the travel ban. This would be uh, a judge saying, actually, states get a say in, in the national security designations of the executive. Well, no, there's the foreign affairs ex- exclusion. Like, only the president has the, the priority of, of assigning national security objectives. The state of Washington doesn't. Uh, the, the executive will be very jealous of this power, and they're not, he's not just going to, like, let that go. Yeah, yeah and besides all that, the... Uh... The fact is, uh, Roy, really I wanted to challenge. ask the the, the uh, okay. lawyer a question. Yeah. Who is this, Tim? No, Dan. I want to. I wanted to ask the lawyer. A, a yeah, question. Dan, go ahead. You want to ask David Stokes, former prosecutor, criminal defense attorney? Right. Uh, you want to ask him a question? Go ahead. Yeah, yeah Dan. David, my name's Dave. I, <laughs> Dave. Okay. Uh, thank you. Um, I've always been fascinated by the. The ability of the of the court system, if if we have we we take the example we have now where the states have gone to the federal bench to try and stop our guests. Now he has to go out and spend significant sums of money to defend his position, where there's no statute by what you're saying that he's committed any crime. Um, why is it that the courts when they overturn those, why doesn't it award damages for reparation of the legal fees paid? Attorney fees. Well, in the first instance, it's not it's not it's not considered damages. However, in the second instance, if if the theories, and I and I haven't looked at the cases, but if the theories by which the states went into court in the first place uh, are considered to be frivolous. Then there are provisions for awarding attorney's fees to the uh, to the defendant in those in, in such a case. Uh, it becomes more difficult, however, to uh, 
find the case frivolous if there's been a couple of judges that have said uh, they had, say, standing in the first place. But if you can get a strong opinion from an appellate court that the state should have never been in the court in the first place, then there's a, then there's a fair possibility of, uh, of going back and seeking, uh, seeking attorney's fees on the basis of a uh, frivolous use of the courts. So, and that does happen from time to time, uh, but more often. So, in this than particular not, case, you you wouldn't see a, you would not see a potential for a frivolous uh, claim. I haven't read any of the opinions. Uh, I, I'm familiar with some of the overviews and some news reports. I'd have to see. You know, the, uh, Cody, what what theories are this uh, the state? There's multiple theories that they've been trying to uh, get these injunctions on, correct? Yeah, that's right. I mean, in in the end, they have to show like harm in fact, right, and irreparable harm, all this stuff. I mean, they they can't even they can't even show that they have uh, you know redressable redressable harm. The the harm that they think they want to guard against, right? Like uh, people getting access to this stuff. One has already yeah. happened. Two happens yeah. anyway, even if they get the relief they want. So redressability is, is like the very first thing. And of course, they don't have Article 3 standing. It's it's a very simple yeah. thing. Like There's just not even the ability to make the claims that they want as, yeah, as the so, powers that they are. Yeah, they so basically, Cody, they're, just, basically ahead, they're just coming after you because they don't like guns. And it really has nothing to do with what you're doing. It has to do with the word, what, what guns are. So is it almost like what they're doing with Trump? He hasn't done anything wrong, but they're going to keep searching until they find something. They just want government so regulation get him. sickening. Hmm? Sorry? No, you're, you're exactly right. They're using the courts for political, uh, political purposes so, and not so for... Uh, right, so they're going, to, they're going to keep going until they can find some way to get... Trump, and I'm thinking this is a similar case where, you know, they're going to wait, maybe somebody uses this, um, what they buy off the internet to, you know, to make a gun and then do something with it to hurt somebody, and then they're going to try to make it come back to you again. Yep. Oh, sure. That's going to happen. Is that what has that happened? No, not yet, but, you know, on some day, I could could see it happening. But, right, for now, they, they understand a certain political calculation, and they're right about it. There's enough you know, federal judges who are activists and their intent are willing to just accept this, this, these strange characterizations of the facts and entertain these just very, very aggressive standing arguments and stuff. Fine, they know that, and they're right, they're right to understand that. These judges will entertain this, this bullshit. Uh, hopefully the Ninth Circuit will see through it, but of course the Ninth Circuit doesn't have a good reputation uh, for holding, for holding <laughs> the rule of law. <laughs> Uh, Tim, go ahead. Generally, but fortunately, there was there was a pan, there was a panel just a few weeks ago of the Ninth Circuit that in fact uh, overturned uh, the Hawaii uh, registration laws and uh, and did uh, did issue a ruling in favor of the Second Amendment, and it was a Ninth Circuit panel which was uh, fairly interesting. Uh, that just happened a couple of weeks ago, and there's a. There's about right, right. the Ninth Circuit at the moment, and probably sometime next year the tide is likely to turn in the Ninth Circuit because with the uh, what I would expect to be a uh, improvement in the 
majority in the Senate for the Republicans through these elections, the uh, Ninth Circuit vacancies will be filled by uh, by Donald Trump, and the Ninth Circuit may not be the slam dunk for the liberals that it has been in the past. Well, that's a that's an optimistic assessment, and I hope that it happens. But uh, I, in the meantime, know that no matter what, even that good opinion that happened with Hawaii is going to get reversed when it goes on bonk sometime early next year. Yeah. And then we're, we're going Tim, to be back ahead. where we were. Hopefully. Tim, go ahead. Tim, go ahead. Hey, Cody. Uh, I just wanted to, to know if you weren't having to you know, spend so much time, money, and energy uh, fighting this fight, you know, what would you be trying to spend your time on? Uh, I know you've had some crypto projects in the past, and it's probably, I mean, I, I imagine right now that if somebody hasn't already done it, there's probably the gun files stored somewhere in the blockchain that's going to be housed in space someday where, you know, the, the more they try to stop this, hey, the, the more they're going to try to Real quick, it. real quick, Tim, real quick, just to announce to everybody, you and I are doing a huge cryptocurrency uh, company together, and uh, it's going to blow everybody away. And uh, we'll talk about that later with Cody off the air. But uh, continue, though. I just wanted to announce that to the audience. We have a lot of listeners. We have thousands listening right now. But go ahead. No, but this, this is what I wanted to, to know is if you weren't having to you know, spend so much time and, and resources fighting the fight that you're fighting right now, I mean, you know, where is like kind of like your true, I know your true passion is obviously, you know, going up against these, these people and winning on principle, winning on argument. I mean, just by coincidence, I have a copy of uh, Bastiat's The Law actually on my desk right now, and I only have like three books oh, on my desk right now. But, uh, no, I just wonder, like, what, what would you be doing right now if you weren't having to fight this fight? Well, I, I do think of all the money that I spent over the time, and, and I know what I could have done better with it. You know, I, my company would be more like Red Hat Linux. We would be more of a service-based company, and there's all kinds of stuff I know that we need to commercialize and develop and, and sell in addition to the, the environment of technology we've already made. So I can see the sand that's slipped through my fingers over the years because of the decisions I've had to make funding this stuff. But I, I try not to, I don't know, I try not to spend too much time thinking about that because it just, it, it tends to make you resentful. And instead I, I think about that what we've done is, has been relatively successful and I suppose it will continue to be. So uh, I don't know. The only way I can maintain my optimism is to think, well, this is probably the best use of my time and money. And really oh, no. I mean, I wasn't about. trying to, uh, you know, have you, you know, dwell on the past or anything. I just meant, you know, I'm, I'm pretty optimistic that you will win, you know, based on, on your marriage because you've got the right argument. And, uh, you know, I was just trying to say, hey, imagine a future five years from now you're not fighting this. And, you know, where would you be, you know, trying to, uh, oh, I got you. you know, what type of project? Yeah, I got you. Would you Okay. Uh, I like I like what we've become. We've become this kind of public defense contractor, if you will. Like we we develop technology and on contract with the public. We that's something new. There's nothing. There's not really been anything like that, at least by those terms, before. And maybe it's not very efficient, but you know we we develop things and we give it away. And we're not a contractor of the state. You know, I, I think it's fascinating. And only in a country like this is there even the possibility of something like that. So. Um, I like developing this. I like developing new technology. I'll continue to do these kinds of things with the expectation as well that states and the federal government will from time to time try to prevent the people from getting access to it. Nice, man. Very nice. And, uh, you know, I build apps for a living and I, I build, you know, mobile apps on phones and I build every type of software you can think of. So you and I will definitely talk off the air, but we do have, I do have, 
uh, Dan, I want you. Well, actually, go, Josh, I knew you will have a question. Josh, go ahead. And I have a few more things to ask Cody before he takes off. Yeah, you know, not to take up any of the time, but uh, Tim just asked the question I was going to ask, so that's that's all I've got. Just, but just to say, Cody, before you know, I probably won't get another chance to talk. Uh, you know, I, like I said before, you're a hero for what you're doing, and I really appreciate you standing up, uh, basically for everyone that could have potentially been in this situation. Um, you know, you're awesome for that. That's more than kind. Thank you, and, and I. I try to take words like that seriously, man. I, I want to conduct myself seriously yeah. so that we have a chance of winning. And well, sometimes this, I want to slack you off. Know, and... <laughs> a- a- absolutely. And this is a pro-Trump show, man. We're all conservatives. We all love you in terms of what you're doing. Um, you know, I want, uh, you know, Tim, do you have another question? I want to, I'll, I'll be the last one to talk. I want to make sure everybody gets their questions in before we let uh, him take off. No, I just want to let you know that we, you know, definitely appreciate what you're doing. Uh, you know, I've been following you for a while, and and I I put out uh, on my Facebook page, but actually I ended up deactivating my uh, Facebook account recently. But before I deactivated <laughs> it, I I uh, I had 33,000 followers on there, and I was saying, you know, hey, Cody Wilson's done more for to prevent you know gun control in one day than you know the entire NRA has in the last hundred years. Again, not to put like distance between you and the NRA, but you know, I was as a you know more hardcore voluntarist libertarian and to see that you know this whole decentralization movement and what you're doing is way more important than anything any politician is doing right now in my opinion and uh, and especially even what you're doing on, the, on you know what you've done on the crypto side as well and uh, yeah no i just yeah. appreciate what you've been doing that's uh yeah, that's very really kind I, I, I want to live up i want to live up to that you know that's a really good point because, you know, yeah. we're talking about Google and, and Facebook and all the liberal um, control that they have, and you're one of the people that are fighting against that. And I, I really can't even think of any very many other people that are standing up, you know, for our side. Um, and so we should be very grateful to you for that. Absolutely. Well, uh, we'll to, to break through. I'll try to win. <laughs> That's all I can say. And do you want to give out what? the address too for uh, for the? Is, I don't know if the donations are still going on. I know at one point I think there was a match with uh, Bitcoin Cash yeah. donations. Yeah, that's, that's still happening. Yeah, and and by the way, by the way, Cody, uh, Dan and I, and uh, our buddy Gabe, who's on the line as well, were uh, involved in a a brand new cryptocurrency. We'll we'll be doing our own ICOs. We'll be doing our own coins, uh, selling shares. Uh, there's a lot of opportunity. We'll be doing kind of a a new platform. Uh, you know, it, there's a lot to talk about. I don't want to talk to you very specifics on air, but uh, you and I and uh, Tim and uh, Josh is even involved. Josh is on the line. He's one of our hardcore salesmen. He's a great consultant and salesman. Uh, we will definitely have to talk. Um, cause I know you're a heavy crypto, uh, you know, uh, minded guy. You, you're very involved with the industry. Uh, yeah, this is true. Um, well, I wish you luck. I wish you luck in that ICO. And I want to thank everyone for the kind words today. Before you go, before you go, Cody, um, h- how long have you been involved, involved in crypto for? Tell me about that for a second. Hmm. 
I've been accepting Bitcoin since 2012. I'll let you do oh, the math wow. on that. It's wow. Wow. You're a million. You're a millionaire. It was Bitcoin 2012. Nah, dude, it all has to go out in the funding, guys. I mean, this, this is a Well, it depends, how, right it depends how, how long you held on because it went down 70% this week. So I'm sure you got out at the right time. I'm sure you're a smart guy. <laughs> it, no, no. It, it, I'm, I'm smart in that. I knew not to get completely out. So over the years, I've, I've cast out here and there. I've, I built my manufacturing company from Bitcoin and my Bitcoin games in 2014 and I'm able to, you know, I know that no matter what, even if I was to be completely stopped by the government, that I'll always be independently wealthy and able to maintain, you know, a certain independence and confidence. I'll never have to be anyone's, you know what I mean, anyone's hey, subordinate. And, and that, and, that affords you a certain type of... Yeah, yeah and real quick, before you go, please tell the audience about your crypto experience because we have a lot of people on the line that are fascinated by crypto and uh, like the industry and know it's the future, including myself, which is why I'm starting a company with a bunch of different investors. But please tell me how you got into it, what started. I want to hear the backstory. I'm really curious because I, mm -hmm. I love it because it's the new future, man. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I began um, accepting Bitcoin in 2012 because I was blocked on PayPal from accepting money for the very first printed gun, right? Like, even when I began trying to, to make the printed gun, I, I got almost as much resistance as I get to this day from platforms yeah. and uh, merchant, merchant services providers, payment platforms, all this stuff. So very early on, I had to learn to become self-sufficient in this space. And, of course, we learned from WikiLeaks that one of the only ways that you can take money when nobody likes you is, is Bitcoin. And so that was also one of Julian Assange's best decisions to begin accepting Bitcoin around 2011. Um, you know, we did the same. And at every, at every juncture and moment of like difficulty in my company's history, uh, there's always been Bitcoin. There's always been people with Bitcoin to help us out. And I've been able to contribute here and there with Amir and other people to the development. Uh, Amir was influential in the development of the Electrum wallet and Electrum server software. Uh, I helped with the development of Libitcoin to some degree, which is a, a, C, a C++ library, a re-implementation of Bitcoin. Yeah. I don't know. Right. I've been around for a long time, so I've got to see it grow. I've got to benefit from it. And I think it's one of the most – it's probably the most important project uh, in technology and politics uh, in the present day. Yeah, and, and, and you know, and that's, and that's the thing. You know, I've – I've invested a lot of money into my new company, uh, my new crypto company, and we're going to be doing our own ICO and our own coins and our own market, selling our own shares, all that good stuff. Uh, we have like huge projections in the first year. You and I, you and I, will, and Tim will have to talk off the air, and we'll have we'll set up a conference call and we'll discuss it because we have a lot of big things going on. Um, and uh, it's it's definitely in the market to get into to any of my audience that wants to you know make a do well for themselves invest in crypto because it's the future and even Cody will agree with me there, it's the way to go I mean eventually it will just be you know I don't I won't say that I won't say eventually it will just be crypto but I think eventually crypto will be like a normal process don't you agree Cody? I'll agree with a certain caveat that in the end, I think only Bitcoin is really what matters. There's a lot of different technologies being developed. And I think some of them are important, but at the end of the day, I only really believe in Bitcoin. So do you think, can I, can I, 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 
Dave, okay. Dave, I want you okay. to speak on the crypto to Cody. Go ahead. In rebuttal to the whole Bitcoin's the only one that's important. I mean, they're processing time is still about 10 times as much as the industry standard right now. I mean, you can use Electra and you see the transaction right away. And that's a project that's using the uh, NICS uh, coding and it's a year old and they're still doing 10 times better than Bitcoin. I mean, the moment that you do a transaction and you pay with Electra, someone sees it. Whereas with Bitcoin, there's about a 30, 45 minute interval where it's, it's left your wallet, but it's not even at the merchant's account yet. So to say that Bitcoin is the one that's going to survive, I feel like that's a really big stretch. They were just the first to market, which is great and all, but there's 20,000 other cryptocurrencies out there. A Too lot much Yeah, With, with respect, all I'll say is that Bitcoin isn't a product. This space isn't an industry. The reason Bitcoin matters is because of its monetary economics. It's proof of work technology is basically a, a standard in hard money that's never been seen before in history. It doesn't matter to me that it doesn't function as efficiently as a currency as other currencies in the space. That's not what's important about it. Every one of my Bitcoins is worth over $7,000 right now. And uh, I'm independently wealthy and able to take on the federal government because of the value of those Bitcoins. That's not because of the nature of the technology. It's because it's not fiat money. It's not controlled by some government. No, I'm not I agree. I'm just like saying that. all the other cryptos aren't fiat either. And honestly, proof of stake just seems to be the future for cryptocurrency in general, not proof of work. Uh, Bitcoin just happened to be, again, the first to market, which is why their value seems to be drastically higher than the rest of the cryptocurrencies. But, I mean, we give it a year, I guarantee the rest of the cryptocurrencies, maybe three, four years, the rest of the cryptos will be where Bitcoin is now. And who knows where Bitcoin will be then. I'm just saying we shouldn't be disregarding a lot of other completely viable projects when Bitcoin doesn't even perform half as well as they do. The only thing they have going for is a higher credit value. Look, this is, this is your cross to bear to some degree, right? This is a conversation that to some degree I'm not really interested in. But my point of view is that uh, remember, I've been in this space for many years, right? I've, I've watched what the stakes are. I've watched what the political philosophy is. You know, the, the basically the, the von Mises-style Austrian appreciation of, of the monetary system that Bitcoin represents. I'm philosophically interested only in the fate of Bitcoin. I could care less about the rest. I think you're right to represent your interests and the interests of other projects. But uh, for many years, I've only been interested in this currency. And that's my point of view. Okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, I appreciate you guys inviting me on the show and and hearing me hey, out. Hey, Co- uh, Cody, Cody, before you go, before you go, uh, your prediction for where you see cryptocurrency in uh, three years? Uh, uh, most people are going to lose their ass, but we'll see ETFs and we'll see industry and and institutional participation of a degree that we haven't seen in a uh, yet. And I think there'll be a couple major cryptos, you know, I think, it, I think Ethereum will still be around. I think uh, XRP will be gone. But look, all I know at the end of the day is that this type of technology is going to be with us. And it, it may very well be that there's going to be names and, and types of technologies that we're not even familiar with yet. Uh, I wouldn't be totally surprised. But it'll be with us, and that's the important thing. And I hope, ultimately, that it's a check on the power of the state, uh, because when we can finally defeat the state's money power, its fiat power, you defeat all kinds of other things as well. So you, so you don't, do you not, do you not see cryptocurrency as the future? You don't see as a, 
see it as a PayPal. You don't see it as a, a new way of doing things. You don't see it as the kind of the new process. Is that what I'm getting at? No, I mean, I definitely do. You know, I, I think with micropayments and uh, the, the possibility and fungibility of, of cryptocurrencies that you'll see new settlement layers for payment on the Internet, and new ways of basically like uh, advertisements on the Internet can disappear and we can basically like uh, operate in the Internet in a totally different way. And, and there's, there's all kinds of other technologies like smart contracts and other things that people have been working on for a long time, banks in a box, that kind of stuff. I'm so excited about the future of this technology. But at the end of the day, Me too. I think there will only be a, a, a few major players, and a lot of the dumb money has to still be shaken out of this market. There was this kind of you know, perverse euphoria about all kinds of scam coins and stuff for, for the past couple of years, and that's good. We need that. The industry needs that. And to some degree, yeah. I'm agnostic about that outcome. I know that the technology hey. will still be with us. Hey, Gabe, respond. I know you want to respond. Go ahead. I mean, there is a much to respond to. He's got his own opinion. I have mine. Uh, there's a lot of people that believe in solely Bitcoin dominance, and there's people who believe that other crypto projects are just as viable. And I think that I personally have a different view where cryptocurrency has an entire ecosystem of its own. Uh, you have the payment-based cryptos. You have others that utilize blockchain for other reasons. Um, there's CryptoBridge, a lesser-known uh blockchain-based exchange with their own cryptocurrency as well. I mean, it's kind of like Binance coin, just maybe not as, well, definitely not as centralized. Um, I mean, I, I personally believe that every different crypto project can serve a different purpose as far as long-term viability. Yeah, there's going to be a lot of coins that do uh, ultimately fall off, but uh, I think where we're going to see the biggest, trend over the next few years is going to be when major players in other industries start coming out with their own cryptocurrencies. Um, I mean, who, who's to tell whether or not Facebook's ever going to take it up, especially with Zuckerberg's uh, past opinions on crypto. But I mean, all it takes is for Facebook to say, okay, well now we're launching our own crypto. And instead of just sending payment from one person to another using messenger, uh, you'll be sending it using the Facebook blockchain. Absolutely possible, but it's also just as possible for them to uh, have Facebook be one day on a blockchain. So I think it's all just different theories, different speculation, but at the end of the day, you can tell a lot about someone's portfolio based off of their own speculation, uh, so to speak. And yeah, I mean, it, there's nothing wrong with being solely invested in Bitcoin. Bitcoin uh, is a heavy player in the market, clearly. Uh, their dominance last I saw was over 40%. That says something. So it's it's all personal preference. I personally think that a lot of the altcoins do the job better. I haven't really had a problem with transferring uh, Litecoin or Dash. I, I've never really had an issue where I transferred from one wall to the next and then I have to wait 45 minutes before I see it, because in the meantime, it's just an abyss. Uh, that that issue I have seen with Ethereum, and I have seen it with Bitcoin. With Bitcoin, it's uh, I've had transactions take four or five hours. When you're talking about instant payments, um, the entire purpose of Bitcoin is to utilize it as a payment source. And I just personally believe that in the space, there's others that do it better. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, 
you know, Cody, before you go, I want to get Josh's comments, and then I'll say one last thing, and then I know you have to go, so I'm going to let you get out of here. But go ahead, Josh. Yeah, to go real fast, you know, um, I'm actually one of the people that believes, um, uh, you know, in the long-term capabilities of crypto. And obviously, um, I don't know if it's going to be, um, you know, more of a few dominators or a lot of different coins that all serve their purpose. Um, You know, obviously... Uh, the proof is going to be in the pudding in the next 20 years or so, uh, or even longer than that. But, uh, you know, I don't, that's the beautiful thing about speculation is that no one's wrong until after we know what happens. Right. Now, it, it, in a, a fair sense, point. you know, uh, go ahead, Cody, respond to that. And I want to say something. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah, no, it's a fair point. I think the long-term view is the best view. And there's all kinds of reasons for uh for optimism and, and to take a long-term view and position in uh, in crypto right now. And Cody, I really, you know, I, I really want to say that, and, and I'll let you go here short in, in the next couple minute in the next, in the next minute or so, but I really want to say with my last talking points that I really look at the cryptocurrency market as this kind of, in a sense, uh, when it's regulated and when it's properly, um, you know, put into a place, I think it's going to be the same thing as the stock market. I mean, it's the future. I mean, the cryptocurrency is the new way to go. I mean, there, there, there's nothing that's – I can't think of anything better at this point idea-wise. Talking idea-wise, I think it's, I think it's the way that everybody – um, you know, needs to do transactions and needs to, you know, do their communication. I think, you know, you have so much potential in this blockchain and, you know, uh, with all this crypto. And now Starbucks is even taking crypto. So you see all these different businesses right now opening up and taking crypto as as payment. And imagine in the next five years what that's going to look like. Probably every restaurant or every establishment or every store will probably start taking crypto. I mean, what are your thoughts about that? I think there will be like watershed moments where something like, you know, if Amazon begins to accept a few of the major cryptocurrencies and everyone's going to kind of remember those moments. I agree with you. I, you know, I know there's rumors of, of Amazon and other large companies like Facebook, you know, uh, registering domains and experimenting with, with the technology. It's an exciting time and, and generations have their lived their moments. And I don't know if it's my generation or the one younger than me, but, but our, our generation had this moment with in 2017 with, with cryptocurrency and Bitcoin. That was one of the most rapid, appreciations of wealth in history and a lot of people had a lot of fun and it was like the wild west you know it was like a whole new it was like our thing and maybe those days aren't gone i'm just saying like that's that's our thing and it's it's great to have it because life's life's not exciting without stuff like that so it's great right absolutely well said and you know cody i want to you know really thank you for coming on we've had a great show having you here uh, we've talked about a lot of different things. Um, I, I, uh, if anybody, I, I, we have a lot of people on the line. So, anyone want to ask Cody any final questions before we let him uh, go? He's been here long enough. He's been here over an hour. Valerie, De, uh, Dan, David, 
No, I'm good. Okay, perfect. All righty. Um, well, Cody, please uh, promote everything you have right now. I want uh, you to plug in, you know, your website, your book, uh, everything you're doing right now. Uh, make sure the audience is aware. Uh, and, uh, you know, this is a great thing, what you're doing, and I really appreciate it. Uh, I thank you guys for your hospitality, for your questions, and, and your kindness. Uh, my yeah, we love, website we is love, We love it. I mean, we love it. We really do. I mean, we love it. You know, me and myself, I love to ask questions, and I know my co-hosts do as well. So it, it's it's a great – it really was great having you on. It's truly an honor because, you know, you've been pretty much sticking it to the news this week, telling them to basically take a hike. <laughs> I love it. I love I love your yeah, mentality. They, it's the greatest. They took a big loss yesterday. Uh, my website is defcat.com. Okay. We're, still, we're still raising some funds there, and you can buy the Say files. that again. Say yeah, that again for everybody. It's called DefCAD, D-E-F-C-A-D dot com. There you can okay. buy the files that 20 states in the union say that you shouldn't have the right to possess or to download. And despite the orders of a federal judge in the district court in Washington, they're somehow still there for you. Somehow, somehow. Anyway. Somewhere. Uh, somewhere. Download them while you somewhere. can. Buy them while you can. Absolutely, and I will, my audience is listening. We have thousands and thousands of people listening right now, and they're going to be downloading that for you. Um, I'm very happy to have you on. Uh, can people, you, you mentioned your website. What about your social media? Please tell people where they can find you on social media. Oh, just Google my ass. I'm, I'm Cody Wilson. You can find me. It's Cody fucking Wilson, everybody. This is Cody. This is Cody fucking Wilson. This is the guy right here. This is this is the the man of the hour, everyone. Do you, do you hear me? And I'm telling you all right now, Google Cody Wilson. Leave out the fucking. You don't need to put the fucking in. Just say Cody Wilson. Just say Cody Wilson. That's perfect. And it all you're you're gonna find in a all these great things. Buy his products, you know. Uh, you know he everything he stands for is truly patriotic and totally American, and it's it's the right way. And uh, you know he's he's a uh, you know a true patriot, and we are uh, blessed to have him on the show. And Cody, uh, thank you, man. Thank you for staying uh, longer than expected. I appreciate it. We got a a lot of good uh, topics addressed. Well, you bet. It's my great pleasure. I hope to uh, join you guys again. Thank you. I wonder if Rory got disconnected. <laughs> I'm back. Do you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you now. Where'd you go? <laughs> I was like, I, I kept saying, hello, hello. Where the fuck did everybody go? Hello, hello. Can everybody hear me? We can yep. hear you now. All right, you can hear me now? 
Yep. What about now? Is it good? Yep, you're good, Rory. All right. So, God, what a pleasure it was having um, Cody Wilson on. He was just on Alex Jones the other day, InfoWars, talking about his battles. Um, you know, uh, Dan, I'm glad you're on right now. I do want to talk to you about some very important things real quick. Let's start off by, you know, the left, um, you know, basically putting John McCain on a pedestal and, uh, you know, basically treating him like he's one of their own. And uh, we all know what he, they called them, him in 2008. They called him a Nazi. They called him a racist when he was running against Obama. So it's interesting, and we, and you and I talked on the phone, but I said we're not going to get to the final conclusion until we talk about it on the air. And I said the only reason they're doing this is because they hate Trump, and they know this is going to make Trump upset. Let's face it. Well, you know, it's, right? it's, it's, what's interesting about the John McCain story is that um, he, he, in depth, he showed his disdain – for the conservative side of the Republican Party. He even said he didn't want Trump at his funeral when everybody's trying to get mad at Trump for not, you know. But but in addition to that, he also said that he wanted Barack Obama and George Osama to give the eulogies at his funeral. Right. Now, I, I again, I felt I, I, I thought that that was um, inappropriate. Um, Absolutely. To, to to whether he chose not to uh, have uh, Donald Trump say anything, <clears throat> and I think that Trump has been. Uh, uh, magnanimous in um, dealing with the death of of uh, John McCain, but again, it's another one of those crazy. I don't understand the logic of um, of the people around him. Whether it was other people who made that decision, or was it something that he personally decided? You know, I was reading. Uh, I never knew this, but I was reading yesterday some of the things that a that a president has to do uh, in the first week he's in office. And I, I was shocked at, at this one particular thing they talked about. And that is that one of the things that the president has to do during his first week in office is plan his state funeral. Now think about that. Your first week in office of president of the United States and <clears throat> the protocol people come to sit down with you and your wife to plan your funeral. Yeah. And you haven't been you, – you, you don't have a cabinet appointment. You've got hundreds of ambassadors that have to do all these things, and you already have to begin to plan your own funeral. I thought that was amazing. And I, I yeah. wondered about the question. I said, I wonder if – Senators have to do that because um, McCain is going to be in the 
Arizona State Capitol. Then he's going to the Capitol for a part of a day in in the rotunda, and then he's going to be laid to rest. And again, I would have thought, I would have thought that the the most appropriate place for the hero of the left for his final resting place would have been at Arlington National Cemetery. But you he's not what? going there. Let's just, let's just debunk this real quick. John McCain is not a fucking war hero. He never was, never will be. He was a chump. He was a screwball. He had a few family members that were uh, at the top of the line in his uh, wherever he was parked. Uh, so he had a lot of leeway and leverage, and he did a lot of dumb shit, including several DUIs, several several write-ups from his military staff. Uh, he even, I mean, this fucking guy, uh, and I'll tell you, this guy was a moron. This guy was an asshole, and you know, I, I you know, and I don't want to bash. I, I I hate to bash the dead, and I don't wish death upon anyone. But if you look up McCain's scandals and what he was involved with, it goes back all the way to the 1980s. I mean, this guy was as corrupt of a rat as can be. I mean, this guy is not a real Republican. He's a rhino scumbag, and he's not, he's not a war hero. Let's face it. He's not a fucking war hero. And I'm going to say to all my audience, I don't care if you fucking send me hate mail. I don't care if I get backlash. This guy's a punk. He sold us out to terrorists. He funded terrorism. He got money from George Soros. He he went against our party. I could go on and on. Do you want me to give you all the documents? Because I can give all my fucking audience a goddamn novel. Excuse my French, but I'm angry. <laughs> go ahead, though, Dan. Really? Who would have guessed that? <laughs> so, Dan, can I... Oh, can I'm hey, hey Dan. Hey, Dan, imagine that. John McCain, corrupt. Ooh, really? Yeah. Oh, <laughs> Valerie wants to ask me a question. Just real quick, I just want to say that um, I know that the presidents have to do that because nobody knows, you know, if they're going to get killed, you know, later, you know, what's going to happen in the presidency. And and they have a whole staff, a whole committee of people that plan the state funerals. And it's like a huge, huge deal. Um, But with regard to senators, you know, I mean, McCain – you know, found out a year ago that he was he had a malignant tumor. So they had plenty of time um, over that year to to plan what what were his family's um, wishes. And I think you know the, they have a choice to decide whether he goes into Arlington or not. And I guess they chose not to. But but for um, the fact that he's going to be on Friday, he's going to be here in D.C. for the day, laying in state the Capitol. It's like unbelievable because very, very few people get an honor like that. I mean, that's, you know, the last one was Reagan. I mean, it's, it's for him to have that kind of honor, it's, it's a very big deal. Hello, how are you tonight? Dan, go ahead. No, I, I was just curious. I was going to ask the question, I wonder who negotiated those terms. That he was going to be, no not be, not be buried at Arlington National Cemetery. I mean, again, if you're a hero, you know it's very hard, very very hard now to get into Arlington Cemetery. There's limited space, and they reserve it for very special people. And so I would have thought 
given the special nature of Arlington National, that it would have been a place that he wanted to be buried. But, uh, I mean, I, I don't understand the Naval Academy versus, I mean, if if looking at it from the, from uh, if, if there is a prestigious place to be buried, it would be Arlington Cemetery. It is the most. But if you're a senator from if you're a senator from Arizona and that's your home, I mean, I think it's the family's choice. Yeah, but he's a senator, but he was also retired military. Right. So I think that that the family got to choose where they wanted him to. Well, probably he chose where he wanted to be, and you know, I mean, home is home. Yeah, yeah. I understand. I. I I just thought it was strange that he didn't go to Arlington. No, I agree. It's a good. It's a good comment. I. I. Um, I, I don't know. Can we? Can I, I we all? You. Can we all admit uh, that he is not a war hero? Can we all admit it? Can we all just say it clearly? No, I, I just. No. Yeah, I'm not willing to say that either, Rory. I gotta say the only. I think oh, the only gosh, good thing whatever. that he had going for him was that. I mean, I. The stories that I've hear, heard told from not only him, but also the people that were, you know, stationed with him and in that prison uh, in Vietnam with him, I, that's the only, when he stepped back on American soil, you can begin to bash him as much as you want, but that's the only thing I'm willing to give him uh, is, is the war hero title. I, you know, he served our country and I think he served it, served it valiantly when he, when he was in service. So I, you know, uh, Roy, you and I agree on most things, but that's I'm going to have to uh, go go a different way, as Dan Perkins would say. I don't know if I disagree. We have somebody on the line right now. Somebody has a question. Go ahead. Yes, thank you very much for taking my call. I'm sorry. I think you have a technical problems because I was cut off a few times, but thank you for taking my call. You know, who are you and where are you from, my friend? Repeat again, please, sir. Who are you and where are you from, my friend? Oh, okay. Mike from Singapore, my friend. Are you Indian? Singapore. I'm from Singapore. Yeah, Mike from Singapore. I'm working Mike in Singapore. Singapore. I never met you, but Mike yes. from Singapore. New caller. Great, great to have you listening in. What's going on? How can I help you? Yes, my friend. You are talking about, uh, uh, you know. Hey, by the way, uh, Mike. The by the way, Mike. By the way, Mike. 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 I'm just going to warn you ahead of time, and I think everybody is uh, is okay with me saying this, and it's fair to say. If you want to start a debate, or you want to start an arguing match, or you want to, if you're a liberal, if you're a left-winning nut job, then just say it up front. But if you're on our side, then continue, my friend. No, I mean, you were talking about John McCain. I mean, John, oh, John McCain. McCain. He's a fucking fake Republican. He's burning in hell. He's being greeted by Satan. It, 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 continue. Oh yeah. Go ahead. But, I mean, yeah, okay, that's true. You know, he, uh, he has started. He, Where are he you, been in Dubai? Years. You sound like you're in Dubai. Are you in Dubai right now? Okay, I mean... I think uh, uh, I, I, I passed you guys fu- tonight. Talk, man. Oh, my God. God, dumb motherfucker. If you're not going to talk, then get off the phone. That's what he's a dumb. I, I hung up on you. You're not going to talk, then get off the phone. 
you know what? I'm tired of these people, and I'm tired of people calling John McCain a hero. This guy screwed many, so many people's lives over. He's responsible for the death of so many innocent lives. He's he's. There's so many things I could go on. I could write a book about John McCain and how he's killed thousands and thousands of people financially and uh, literally by death. So if people really want to go, oh, my God. Oh, my God, why am I insulting him? You know what? This fucking guy had a lot of problems. He's no angel. And and everybody can back me up on this as a true conservative. Anybody wants to go back and look, start in the 1980s when John McCain started all his corruption. And I'm not even joking about this. I do my research thoroughly, and I do it very uh, cautiously, and I don't look at fake news. I go back. I read. I read bios. I read what people are involved with. I do the details. I don't put up bullshit. So, you know, I'm kind of upset that people are calling him a hero. You know, he's not a hero. I don't care. I mean, you know, if you look, Dan, you'll back me up on this for a second, Dan. And let me word my words very carefully. John McCain's father was a, a high, he was high up in, the uh, you know the ranks and, and the Department of Military that John McCain was involved with, um, and a bunch of his family members were. John McCain was known for doing reckless uh, things with his uh, his uh, his plane, and John McCain uh, did a few too many stupid stunts, and eventually it landed him in the fucking water where the Vietnam were beating the shit out of him because he should have never crashed that plane. It's his fault. I mean, you really look at the backstory. You, re- you don't pay attention to the liberal media. John McCain caused his own problem by getting captured. You really want to look at the details. I know all about it. I have looked thoroughly. I don't just talk shit. But go ahead, Dan. I want you to hear your thoughts. Um, a couple of weeks ago, we had a conversation off the air yeah. where we talked, where, where I told you I had just turned 73, and you asked me how old you were, and I thought you were in your 30s, and you said you were 27 or 29 or whatever it was. Yeah. So what, what I want to say to you is, as, as I have children older than you, so you... Yeah. You, you are still younger than my youngest son, right? But as a as a as a father, and somebody who's been in media for a long time, um, I, I would offer you advice. Um, you you have an enormous opportunity with your program. It doesn't as matter long if you're going to tell if you're going to tell me not to insult John McCain. Look at how no, look at no, how Trump does. No. Trump doesn't give two shits about him. Trump can't stand him. Look how Trump stayed silent when they asked about John McCain. Trump despises that motherfucker. Even McCain said, "I don't want you at my funeral." Trump. That's not what I want to say to you. What I want Sorry. to say to you is that you have an enormous opportunity. You have every right to have your opinion on everything you have. In your opinion, yeah. But understand that there are some people who may not be as 
passionate about some of the issues that you are very passionate about. You are very passionate about your anger and your uh, disdain for John McCain as a person, as a war hero, whatever. You're he's entitled a, to have that. You can have that. You can have that opinion. All I'm saying is that just get a little more control of your emotion, whether it's John McCain or whoever it is. It's because you do not want to come across as a radical, as somebody who's out of control. Yeah. And what you want to do is that. of the time that I've been on with you in the last several months, you're very articulate. You have strong opinions. But sometimes, like in this case with McCain, I think you went a little too far. You made your point. Yeah, but there's a lot of people, there's a lot of my audience cheering me on because my audience for weeks and months were praying for him to die. So there's a lot of people that wanted him to drop dead. So there's not really anybody really, I'm not going to lose any viewers. I'm probably going to gain more viewers for insulting this ignorant asshole. I mean, he was an ass. You you really look, I live in Arizona. If you really look at what he did to people, you really do the details. I have documents. You really get what he did. This is, he's, a, he's the biggest scum of the earth. And I'll say the word, title, scum of the fucking earth. He's, he's almost as bad as Obama. You know what? You don't want to – I'll talk to you about it, Dan, but we'll talk about it. But this guy was no saint, and everybody's trying to portray him as a real hero. No, he wasn't. He was a reckless fucking drunk, drug addict, fucking – the guy had a bunch of problems. But see, let me tell you, just give me, I'll give you my last piece of advice. If you've got all the information, I know you're a busy guy and you've got a lot of things on your table. Yeah. Write the book. I am. The I'm Real John write McCain. Write, well, write the book, The Real John McCain. Yeah. And well, as I have learned in writing commentary for now 14 blogs, yeah. what yeah. – what, what, and I just talked to Newsmax today, and they put me on the front page again. Yeah. They said to me, what they like about the way I write when I deal with current yeah. events is that I, like you, do my research and disclose my research so that people yeah. can see where I'm coming from. And if you've, got, right. if you've got the goods, it's time for you to start the process of writing yeah. – uh, well, yeah, this one particular of, book I, about I, we, we are we are in a time frame. We're going to keep you on, but we have a couple more minutes. But I do want to say real quick, it's no it's no secret. One of the many things that John McCain funded known terrorists. I mean, it, it's known fact. I mean, I'm sure you've written about it before. There and there's a bunch of other things that he did that, you know what? And, and I'll tell everybody, and I've said to this uh, my show many times. George W. Bush made us look, the Republican Party, look like a fucking clown show. Made us look like a bunch of fucking fools. He was one of the people that caused the recession. Not saying it was his his entirety problem. Obama was the ultimate, what made the ultimate decision and ruined it, 
completely, but Bush led us up to that point. Bush was, was is a rhino. Bush is not a real Republican. I'll say that forever. I've said that forever on my show. Um, neither is his weak brother and low-energy uh, Jeb. Um, you know, uh, Josh, go ahead, though. I know you have thoughts real quick. I do want to get to one more thing, though. Go ahead. Yeah, you know, I uh, I actually liked a lot of what, what Dan was saying. I think it's you know, there's a lot of things that I think about but are unpopular opinions. And the fact that it's unpopular doesn't mean you shouldn't say it. But uh, I do think there's a certain level yeah. of strategy I think you got to keep in yeah. mind. You know, that's, the, that's one of the biggest things is, is uh, yeah. you know, how, is the way of saying things. And, um, yeah. But, you know, I, and, I agree and, with a lot and of and I do really want I do really want to get into something real quick. You know, LeBron James put out a statement today. And yeah, Josh, I'm going there. Uh, LeBron James put out a statement today uh, saying growing up uh, he did not want to associate with the white kids. He said, fuck the white people, fuck all of them. Well, that's no different than me saying, fuck you, nigger. I don't want to associate with you. You know, this is such a double standard. Imagine if a white guy said that about a black guy. I mean, LeBron comes out with a statement saying that he did not want to associate with white people. White people are the devil. White people are the enemy. That's no different than me saying, fuck you, nigger. That's no different. And, you know, it's one of those things where, you know, the N-word is not my vocabulary, but there's going to be this double standard where black people are going to get away with racism comments, and I'm not, and white people can't say it. Fuck that. I'm going to, we're going to start fucking saying it. Black people are going to be racist to us. I ain't fucking around. We're in a race war. We're I mean, in a civil war. You know, again, I, you know, and we talked about this earlier about, you know, something you posted. And, I, you know, for me personally, it's, I, uh, there's certain, there's certain ways to go about things that can dis, you know, they can quote unquote discredit you to the masses. I think that's one of the things, uh, you know, that Dan does a great job of that he has unpopular opinions, yeah. but yeah. he never, he never yeah. wavers off of his pedestal of being able to even reach the people that don't agree with him because he stays, he knows his boundaries, basically. He knows, and he knows how to word his boundaries. So, um, yeah, it, you know, and you know, we'll, we'll debunk this, you know, we'll talk about it on the next episode. And I know my audience is going to get a real kick about what I'm about to say next. But we're going to get a fact straight, and I'm one of the very few that's going to talk about this. And, you know, I'm sure there's going to be mainstream media that's going to pick this up and cause outrage. But there's a big difference between a nigger and a black gentleman. A black gentleman with manners and American liberties and patriotism. And then there's that nigger that lives on welfare, food stamps, and has nine kids with five different baby mamas. So, you know, they want to call us crackers. They want to call us all these derogatory names, white people. You know, they want to say white people are genocide. You know, you, you can't let them keep pushing you forever. And I'm not going to because I have a lot of black friends. And I've had this discussion with a lot of my black friends and a lot of conservatives on the air are, are not offended by what I just said because they know what I'm talking about. Is that, and this needs to be debunked. And unfortunately, uh, too many conservatives have not debunked 
uh, the difference between what a nigger entails and what a black gentleman entails. Um, and that's unfortunate because the, the niggers are the types that black lives matter. Those are the types, the left wing hatred, uh, angry, um, you know, le- just the people that don't, don't want anything good with America. Um, you know, I don't want to say that word in a bad way. Uh, but at the same time, I'm getting so many comments and hateful things from black people, and I'm seeing black people assault white people online, calling us crackers and all this potatoes and all these stupid shit. It's white genocide. We're going to beat the shit out of white Trump supporters. You know, there's a time to fight back. There's a time to, um, you know, stand our ground. And I have a lot of, you know, like I said, again, I have a lot of great black friends. I know a lot of great black people, but there's also those people that are violent and then that are out for our blood. And we need to be careful. And that's with any race. That's with any religion. Uh, there's a lot of people on the left, uh, white people, Hispanic, illegal Hispanics, even, even legal Hispanics. They want violence against us. Um, you know, this is something that uh, is, going to be need to be addressed as soon as possible and we will i mean we see what's going on in south africa they want white genocide the fucking negroes want to take over all the white farms of white people that earned their salaries and their money and now blacks get to take it over for free when do we take a stand when do we as people and people with balls and people with courage and fucking strength. When do we say, get the fuck? Like, when, like, when, when does it end? You know, there's a lot of stuff I did not get to today. And it's unfortunate because there's a lot I wanted to fucking get to. And there's a lot I want to fucking talk about. And there's a lot I'm a lot angry about. And you know what? It's too bad. I'm going to get a lot of fucking people Sending me messages, hate messages. Ooh, I don't give a fuck. You guys are double standard hypocrites. Know that. The people that listen to this show that are liberal left-wing fucks that send me hate mail, you guys are hypocrites and liars, and you guys are living in your own fantasy land while you're drinking fucking Starbucks and driving in your fucking BMW. So suck my fucking dick, all right? Okay. All right. That's not venting. All right. It's not venting. I, I, you know, that's that's a little going too far. But uh, Josh, you know, um, please plug yourself. Go ahead, buddy. Jeez, oh, Pete, I'm not really sure how I could uh, uh, <laughs> follow up any of that, Lord. Uh, but yeah, hey, if, Josh, you, if you, would, Josh, you if want you... to speak on the, uh, you want to speak on what I just said a little bit. <laughs> the only thing I have to say is, uh, you know, to to say everything you said a little bit more elegantly, you know, LeBron James and I disagree on politics, um, and I hope I hope he sees the light. But yeah, if, if you would like, go ahead and give me a follow on Instagram at j o s h h l a v a t y. That's what I was referring to, man. That's what I was referring to, the LeBron James situation when I use the you know situation. But you know. Uh, I'm glad everybody tuned in. Uh, this has been an amazing show. I want to thank all our special guests, especially Dave Shostokis, the very famous Cody fucking Davis, 
the genius, the cryptocurrency expert, the founder and director of Defense Distributed, the gun printing gene, 3D gun printing genius. He's been on Alex Jones lately. He's a New York Times bestselling author. Uh, we are very lucky to have him on tonight because he's been booked out the wing wang. Uh, he's been on Fox News. He's been on every major station lately. So this is big stuff. Um, glad to have him on tonight. Uh, thank you to all my audience. We are now downloadable in 14 countries. Um, Next Gen USA is done. Uh, we're going to be launching it uh, any second now, any day. Uh, so be ready for that. We're going to have a lot of new TV shows and radio shows and a lot of new material and features and products. Uh, so uh, it, it's an exciting time. Um, I want to thank uh, everyone, uh, all my co-hosts, all my audience, and uh, everybody. We will see you tomorrow. And uh, the stuff I didn't get to tonight, I will get to tomorrow. Thank you. God bless. Bye.